Welcome to Round Guy, the podcast on uh, high school football edition sponsored by Smithburg Auto. Smithburg Auto, Fairfield, Iowa, two locations to serve you better. If you're looking for a car, talk to David. Now, on the phone with us today from KCII is Zach. Uh, you, uh, Jack, you, how do you pronounce your last name? Eulen. Jack Eulen. And uh, Zach Eulen, uh, he's on the Fairfield or the Friday football preview show with Cole Cook, who was uh, our guest last week, and uh, our audience responded very favorably to him. He's here to play Beat the Round Guy. Uh, Zach, tell us about the station that you're on, where they can find it, and uh, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, This is pretty timely. We're celebrating our 60th year on the air here. Uh, We signed on October of 1961. Uh, We're KCII Radio out of Washington. We're just off the square here on uh here in washington um we're on the dial on am 1380 fm 102.5 and fm 106.1 we're also on the web at com. we have free live streams there and uh, on top of that we have uh, some mobile apps that are free for you to download on your device out of uh, whichever play store uh, you might be using on your device there um, we do some different things as far as uh, local news, local sports. We've got an on-air staff uh, that works in the office of eight or nine people. Well, the, you guys cover this uh, Southeast Iowa football like nobody's business. Uh, any of our listeners, I'm telling you, catch one of their shows. they got Coach's Corner at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning and Friday from 6 to 7. They have the Friday Night Football Preview Show, and they're fantastic, and you get some great information uh, we absolutely love your broadcast. It gives us all the inf- you know, most of the information that we pass on to our listeners comes from you guys. You're also the voice of the Screaming Eagles, are you not? Uh, we're uh, well, yeah. So we split our signals on Friday nights. Um, uh, you allude to the uh, Football Friday preview show that runs from six until seven, and that's a program that uh, we preview all of our area games uh, for the ten schools within our listening area. And then uh, once we get to seven o'clock, we split our signals. So over on uh, 102.5 and 1380, um, me and either Larry Tabakhorst or Pat Katie do the Mid-Prairie Golden Hawk broadcast. And then over on 106.1 is Cole Cook and Sean Ellingson with the uh, Washington Demon football broadcast. And then the other shows uh, that you mentioned, we've got uh, 9 o'clock, the KCI Radio Coaches Corner. That's uh, every single Saturday uh, all year long. So We do uh, basketball during the winter. We do uh, track during the spring, baseball during the summer, football in the fall. And then Wednesdays at 6 and 10 o'clock at night and 1 o'clock on Thursday afternoons, we do what we call the PM Sports page, where we cover uh, shows with coaches and athletes uh, for those that we don't do play-by-play for. So um, right now in the fall, we have a volleyball and a cross-country show each and every week. In the winter, it's a wrestling show each week. In the spring, it's a uh, soccer uh, along with um, archery, uh, we also uh, talk golf um, on that show, and then it's a softball show in the summer. Well, that's outstanding coverage, and it's really good for the area. And you guys are just, you know, the best that I've seen at doing it. So, well, are you ready to play beat the round guy? Well, we'll we'll play. I'm not going to guarantee anything about beating, but uh, we'll play and we'll see how it goes. Well, last week uh, your buddy Cole was nine and three, and he actually won the thing. Uh, so we got high expectations for you, but uh, I've really picked out some very tough games. Uh, I think that might separate it. So, beat the round guy is based on a show that uh, was ran in Iowa for 25 years on WHO TV by a guy named Jim Zobel. Uh, and uh, Round Guy was a guest on that. They they uh, did it for five years in the 90s, and he was quite often one of the guests for that show, and it was kind of a football pick show sponsored by Ham's Beer. So uh, in, the, in the memory of that show, we're going to play Beat the Round Guy. So uh, the first game I want to talk to you about is Fort Madison 6-1 and one at uh, North Scott. I, have, um, I go on the Max Prep site, and uh, they have Fort Madison at number 19, I think there are some other uh, – uh, they might be ranked somewhere else in the state a little higher. And we have uh, North Scotts at they're, – they're at North Scott. North Scott's 7-0. and And I see a lot of uh, rankings of them at number one. Is that what you you have? 
Uh, yeah, so we operate on a couple of different pools and kind of take an aggregate. But when it comes down to it, um, nine times out of ten, we end up using the Associated Press rankings uh, here at our station. Um, and yeah, they've got uh, they've got North Scott up in that uh, that top couple area. Okay. So uh, tell us about this game. What do you think, and uh, how do you think it'll play out? Well, in a former life, uh, about ten. 12 years ago, um, I uh, actually worked in a MAC conference uh, doing some uh, Muscatine sports. So back in those days, I saw a lot of North Scott. They're doing a lot of uh, what they they did back then, what they're still doing now. I, I find that uh, North Scott is going to come out and they're going to out physical you, or at least attempt to. And that seems to be what uh, Fort Madison has kind of uh, taken their identity to be. I really like where they're coming, and it almost feels like the program for Fort Madison is a year ahead. That staff has come in and done a terrific job of turning things around, and it's uh, kind of the run of male athletes that they've got coming through Fort Madison right now. Um, for quite a while, they uh, struggled athletically at just about everything across the board outside of having uh, a pretty quality wrestling team for the most part and a solid uh, softball team over the last decade. It's been kind of hard times at Fort Madison. When I, I look at these two teams together, though, I, I find that though they want to do the same thing, one of them just tends to do it a little bit better and more efficiently. I like the North Scott game in the trenches. They're always big. They're always physical. They're a larger school. They can draw on a little bit more of the, uh, the, the base there. So I think it's a ball game where it's physical enough that even the winner feels like they lost a little bit. But I'm going to take uh, North Scott in a uh, somewhat defensive game. I'll say uh, Lancers 28-14. Oh, that's outstanding. For uh, I think if, if Fort Madison could put that score up, it'd almost be a win for them myself. Uh, tell me about this Fort Madison team. I know they, they were 6-0, and then they lost last week to uh, Iowa City Liberty, who seems to be coming on pretty strong. How, how good is Fort Madison, and what are their chances of making the playoffs? Because they could possibly lose the next couple games. Right. Um, you know, they, they had a great way the schedule lays out this year for Fort Madison to be able to build what they want to build and get some of that confidence going. And I think that's uh, that's helpful for a program that's uh, not had a lot of success lately. You look at uh, Fort Madison and you think, well, um, they they need to uh, they need to learn how to win. Well, they, they were able to do that with who they had scheduled here early on in the year. I think the best comparison for Fort Madison that we've had within our listening area was uh, that first district game for Washington. That was at Case Field. Fort Madison really gutted one out against Washington. And that's a Washington team that's improved from the early previous uh, three weeks of the year. They really struggled when it came to injuries in the early season. Washington started to get healthy. And that was one of the first games where Washington kind of turned the corner with their athleticism and health uh, and their learning curve, too, after what they lost from a great team last year. Two big plays at the end of the game. For Fort Madison, they're able to stop Washington twice in the last five minutes of that game and uh, keep their four-point win. I think that was an important win for them in a game that maybe they don't take uh, the next two or three if they don't get that one. And you start to look at some of the stats for uh, Fort Madison. When they struggle, much like uh, a lot of high school teams do in winning the game, it's because they don't move the ball on the ground very well. But Landis Williams is athletic. Uh, I mean, in that Washington game, he's 18-26, 231, uh, two scores. He, he had a big day there. Um, offensively, they've rolled up some big numbers against teams that they should. But even scoring a couple times against uh, Iowa City Liberty, I know that it was their first win. Uh, for Liberty, but uh, they've come up on some hard luck, too, this year. I mean, you look back to that Clear Creek game, for instance. That's a game that uh, one play decides that Liberty played like crazy and lost to a really good Clear Creek team. So I think Fort Madison is the real deal. I think they just might be a year ahead with uh, their program maturity. Okay, now the next game I've got is Burlington at North, uh, Iowa City Liberty. We we were uh, – Cole hooked us up with uh, – Coach Harris of Liberty, and he gave us a, a really great interview yesterday and uh, had some thoughts on this game. He seems to have a plan for this gigantic running back that they have. I believe his name is Williams at Burlington. Can you talk about this uh, kid and and uh, the numbers that he's putting up? Yeah, Williams had a big opener against Washington, and that's uh, part of why he got uh, his season going in such a big way. Now, uh, you know, they came out and had a uh, – 
they have maybe a little chip on their shoulder after uh, what Washington did to them the week before. And, and Burlington seems to have finally found their landing place. Uh, you know, they moved conferences. They moved from the MAC. They moved to uh, the Southeast Conference. And so they're, they're trying to find a landing place with all their athletics. And it looks like they found it this year. They've put together some nice performances. My, uh, my issue with Burlington is that they're just not quite as consistent as you're hoping that they might be. Um, even some of those good performances uh, weren't in wins. I mean, Oski's a pretty good team this year, 24-19. Um, that's a tight ball game. They take care of business against the Atumwas, the Clintons of the world. They handle Mount Pleasant um, this last week out. But, uh, yeah, Burlington, much like uh, other high school teams, is uh, better when they can run the football. And you start to look at those rushing numbers with uh, what they've got. A guy that can carry the ball 137 times, uh, he's a workhorse. What stands out most to me, two two points on Williams, is yards per carry at 11 and a half, even with 140 carries on the year. I mean, that's incredible. It's up in the top five in the state for anybody uh, with that many carries, up over 100 for the year. 1,500 total yards, so he's durable. 21 touchdowns, but he's got big playability. He's a home run hitter with 22 or 21 touchdowns, but a long of 92. It's not very often at the high school level that you get a mix of all those things. You get a guy that's a big guy that's a workhorse that's going to pound between the tackles and give you three, four yards in a cloud of dust, or you get a guy that's smaller that's going to work the outside that's going to be able to turn the corner. But he's got both. He's got that rare mix of uh, strength and speed. When you've got a guy that's put up 1,600 yards uh, by himself on the ground, Awfully impressive. Now, he doesn't factor a ton in the passing game. But that could be in part because they just don't use him. Uh, you look at the couple passes he's caught this year. He's got a touchdown. He's got uh, a 30-yard per catch average. Maybe he's a guy you can get involved in the screen game also. Well, uh, Iowa City, North Liberty, they beat uh, Mount Pleasant two weeks ago. They they won the big big game against Fort Madison this last week. They seem to be on a roll. This seems to be a game that they could win. Well, what do you think? How, do, how is this going to play out? Yeah, you know, I didn't think it was going to be long before uh, Coach Harris got that first win uh, up at Iowa City Liberty. Talented bunch. You look at uh, drawing off the uh, the number of people that are within that district that you can draw off of. Uh, you know, you're playing teams as tough as they were. Uh, I think that uh, Iowa City Liberty is much better than uh, what their record shows. I mean, you start to think about to the size of schools they're playing. When you're uh, you're going up against City Highs, Linmars, North Scotts of the world, that yeah. North Scott game is one of the tighter games. Yeah, they uh, played North Miami. Scott pretty well, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, twenty-one uh, nothing against North Scott. The Clear Creek game came down to a touchdown on fourth down in the last five minutes of that ball game. Uh, they lost that one thirty-one thirty. Otherwise, they'd have a uh, big win over a Clipper team that's had an enormous season this yeah. year. Yeah, so, don't they play like I mean, four top ten teams already? So let me talk to you about this. Uh, it just seems like to me as I'm looking at the games last week and things, what seems to be making a difference right now is how tough your schedule was. Teams like Pella, teams like Washington, teams like Iowa City uh, Liberty that uh, don't have good records. But, man, do they seem to be uh, vastly improved or very strong. Yeah, I don't think anybody shied away from scheduling outside of conference, especially in the larger schools. And I think that comes down to the RPI. Um, that uh, that factor the last couple of years, if you're thinking about uh, being in a tough district already, that you can't control. The state's going to give you whoever they're going to give you in the district, but you can control outside of districts. So um, we've had some schools that uh, have really taken that to, as a sign to schedule up or schedule efficiently against quality teams, maybe not all top five teams but the quality teams so that they can get into that wild card conversation with some quality wins outside the district uh, so that they're in that RPI conversation come playoff time. Okay. So uh, who do you got in this game? Uh, well, if uh, we're looking at uh, Iowa city Liberty and uh, Burlington here, correct? Yes. Um, you know, I'm going to take Liberty on the overall talent level. I really think Williams gets his. Um, I think it's going to take quite a few points from Liberty to get the win, but uh, I'm going to think that Liberty beats uh, beats Burlington team factor against individual factor uh, in that ballgame. Well, Coach Harris will be happy to, to see that. Uh, last week, everybody picked against him except for the round guy, <laughs> and uh, 
Brown guy pulled off a couple of big ones. He picked Durant to win, and he picked uh, he picked Iowa City Liberty to win. It's pretty amazing. Okay, so uh, the next game here we got is Cedar Rapids, Washington at four and three. What I see him ranked at is number twenty against Oskaloosa, who seems to be rated twenty-seven. They're three and four. They won their first four and lost their last three. Yeah, both uh, both teams trying to, to figure it out here. I look at uh, Oskaloosa and uh, what they've done over the course of uh, this season. We, we had uh, Oskaloosa Clear Creek on our pick a couple of weeks ago, and I tell you what, uh, Clear Creek burned me there. We, we've talked uh, for a while about Clear Creek kind of being Jekyll and Hyde. Um, they were, they've kind of gotten over that stigma this year. So now that um, we've uh, seen through the transverse property, I guess, uh, Cedar Rapids, Washington, and Oskaloosa both uh, taken on Clear Creek. Um, I, I still tend to think larger schools, larger talent pool, but Oskaloosa's got that tradition where they've always been uh, such a quality team. Um, I, I think that that's one where Cedar Rapids, Washington coming into this one, not what Oskaloosa is this year. I'm still on the Indians wagon, even though things have gotten a little bit tougher here, and I'll take Oski in that game. Well, that's good. Okay. So now here's kind of a fun one. Uh, it's kind of the opposite end of what a lot of these games I got here is, but uh, Mount Pleasant at Clinton. What do you think of this game? Yeah, um, Mount Pleasant has, uh, you know, they were really, when you look at their schedule, probably uh, waiting on that ball game with West Burlington, um, who I saw week one has really struggled, especially now moving up a class. Um, Clinton struggling too. Um, the last time I saw anything with uh, Clinton football in person was when I was working back in Muscatine and David Johnson, who went on to uh, have a success in the NFL with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, was on that Clinton team that won the MAC Conference back in those days. Uh, we're a far cry from that, though, with uh, the River Kings this year. Uh, they're really struggling, but again, larger school, and that tends to be when in doubt where uh, I fall when it comes to, to picks. I think uh, Clinton, their schedule this year is uh, more formidable than what Mount Pleasant, Pleasant has run up against. I don't think it's going to be pretty for uh, any side of it, but uh, I think Clinton ultimately wins what will be a tight game, a lot like what Mount Pleasant had with uh, West Burlington in a tough game last week, 24-20. I think Clinton takes it by a similar score this go-around. Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, that NFL player Dave Johnson. That's uh, one of my very favorite names. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, okay, so here's one that's uh, close to to you guys uh, information-wise. Uh, I have Washington Demons at 2-5, and five, rated 29 in the state, versus at Fairfield, who I got rated 28th in the state at 5-2. and two. This does seem like uh, kind of an even matchup. Where, where, are you, uh, where do you fall on this one? You know, these two have been battling for a long time old rivals within the conference and uh, Washington struggled early because of injuries and youth. They were such a good team last year that they didn't get a lot of depth developed. And now that these guys have had a chance and they've gotten back to a hundred percent with uh, guys like uh, Ethan Patterson, dual threat quarterback, and uh, they can get around some of those slow starts, bad quarters. They've been able to navigate that a little better. Um, So I look at Washington's balance dual threat quarterback and finding a way to make big plays here over the last couple of weeks. I know some of them have not come in wins against uh, teams like Solon, but I, I look at kind of, uh, I guess the grit that Washington's starting to develop here down the stretch. I mean, last week they come into a homecoming game where there's nothing to play for other than pride. And uh, they took it to Keokuk last week in a ball game where both teams could have just uh, shown up and kind of whole hum through it. This is a rivalry game. Doesn't take a lot to get the blood going here. Um, I think Fairfield has kind of uh, feasted on the front end of a schedule that benefited them a lot in learning how to win. Their program's been down for a couple of years, but I like Washington by a couple of scores this week. Well, that's uh, that's kind of impressive. Now, let me ask you about uh, uh, their schedule is weak. I mean, like the weakest I've ever seen anything ever. Their combined opponents, I believe, have two wins. Uh of the teams that they beat. And then when they go up against good teams, they do not fare well. But uh, let me ask you about Tate Allen, their quarterback. He, you know, he didn't write out the schedule and he beats the teams he should beat. And he puts up 35 plus points about every game. Uh, How quality a quarterback is he? Well, when you start to look at uh, numbers for Fairfield, uh, 
you know, 62 or 118, um, anytime you get above that uh, 50% uh, completion percentage, especially at the high school level, awfully impressive. I mean, uh, to your point, uh, he's played kind of a weak schedule. You can only play who's out in front of you, but uh, he's taking care of business in the games he's supposed to take care of business. Um, they're getting the ball downfield. His completion percentage uh, number at uh, 52%, but 16 yards per completion. So, you know, uh, he, that's not every single play getting a 10-yard run after catch. He's moving the ball downfield. They've got medium. They've got deep routes in that repertoire. 11 touchdowns to three picks. That's also a huge number for high school kids. He's not turning the ball over and making bad decisions with the football. Quarterback rating up over 100. I think from a throwing standpoint, he's doing about what you ask him to do. From a rushing standpoint, he's a threat there too. He seems to make good decisions with the football. Up at five yards of carry, eight touchdowns, long as 62 on the ground. In the passing game, he's got a long touchdown of a couple of them of more than 30 yards this year. I think he's a guy that makes good decisions with the football, and uh, you've got him coming back for another year. It's just a June. Okay, so we're uh, we're going through more time than I, I thought we would, so we'll have to pick it up a little bit. But uh, this next game is a game that you should know well, and it's a pretty pretty uh, good matchup. You got Mid Prairie four and three, and uh, Davis County four and three. Mid Prairie, I see ranked number seventeen. Davis County at thirty. I've seen Davis County play a lot. Uh, I saw them play earlier in the year. They look like a, a team that does the fundamentals well. They tackle well. They seem to to do things. Now they played. Uh, I saw them play Williamsburg, and Williamsburg just ran over them, just brutally, just brute forced them uh, into a big loss. So talk to me about this game. I'm big on the Mount Mid Prairie. I really enjoy them. Yeah, you know this. Uh, we'll use Williamsburg as kind of the example here. Uh, Mid Prairie had that game. They gave up a, a big rushing touchdown midway through the third quarter, but they were up fourteen three and a half on Williamsburg's homecoming, and then they came back, battled back, were up twenty one seventeen in the fourth quarter. Williamsburg scored a touchdown with about five minutes to go. Mid Prairie got stopped on fourth and goal at the eight, trying to go in and win that game. Um, I like Mid Prairie's quarterback Will Cavanaugh, first year starter but he's up in the top 10 in the state in quarterback rating. He's number one in completion percentage, number seven in touchdown passes. Uh, from Davis County's numbers, I liken them a lot to what Mid-Prairie saw last week in Centerville, uh, just better than Centerville. Um, they do a lot of the same things. Carson Mater, great numbers, eighth in completion percentage, ninth in touchdowns. The offense rolling for uh, Davis County, but to your point, in the trenches is where Mid-Prairie was able to hang with Williamsburg a little bit better. Golden Hawk defensive line had a tough night, but the offensive line has had the offense uh, up at about seven, eight yards of play in most ball games. I think this one comes down to the line, and I like Mid Prairie's line play. Even though the skill positions, they're not quite a wash. I still think Mid Prairie gets the edge in skill positions, but I think it's it's a tighter battle there. But uh, this might be one where Mid Prairie pulls away in the second half to a, a couple score win. But uh, I take the Golden Hawks. There's a lot on the line too. The winner gets a home playoff game. Loser has to go on the road in the first round. Yeah, I, I picked Mid Prairie as my defense of the week last week. Uh, Davis County's a good team. I think they're playing well. Much improved program. But uh, I'm I'm with you on that. Okay, let's move it because we're really running out of time. Uh, this real, just touch on this real quick. Van Buren at Sigourney. I know this is not a contest. I just want to talk a little bit about Sigourney. Yeah, um, Sigourney Kyoto, a great team. Uh, I saw them early in the year. Uh, they've got that rushing attack going still with that single wing. Kate Mullinex is a terrific workhorse. That guy, uh, six touchdowns or six in the state in uh, rushing touchdowns, first in uh, total carries, over 200 of those this year, 1,500 rushing yards. The defense is starting to come on. Uh, they're starting to play really well over there, even reach another level. And they've got guys that just make plays. When they need to play, it, it's not a coachable thing. It, it just happens. They make turnovers. They make stops. They get big touchdowns. They get big plays. That's just escapable. Okay, let's go over Cardinal and Pleasantville. Okay. Uh, Cardinal, you know, they've got that fun offense to watch. They like to air it out, and uh, that's not something you see a lot in high school. So you only get a week to get prepared for it. Pleasantville, uh, not necessarily a, a team that you hear a ton about. Um, Cardinals, just a, a fun bunch to watch. and You like the way they play. I think uh, Cardinals able to put some points on Pleasantville and get that win. Yeah, if I was going to describe Cardinal one word, it would be speed. Yes. Okay, number 30, West uh, or Winfield Mount Union at English Valley. Uh, 
this will be a fun one with the athleticism on the field. Uh, you look at Abrams, uh, you look at Buffington for Winfield Mount Union, that's countered by the 100-meter defending state champion, Bo Flander, over at English Valley. I saw EB earlier this year against Waco, the only team really to shut Flander down this season. even had a big night against New London, who's a terrific team. But I think that uh, the number of athletes for Winfield Mount Union keeps us a very close ball game, but uh, the depth for English Valleys takes it by about a score. Okay, so that's the last of the picks. We've got a few minutes here. Talk to me about Waco uh, season. I know they don't play this week. How good do you think Waco and Sigourney are as far as which one of these teams is going to take us the deepest in the playoffs? So I saw Waco shut out for the uh, part of the game where it was in doubt English Valleys, who's a very good team with uh, Flanders, who we just talked about. I think Waco is the best team. They are the absolute epitome of the uh, some of the parts is more than the individuals. Uh, Reichenbach is a great athlete. He can throw the ball and run it. They're big up front. John Rice is a terrific change of pace for Waco in the backfield and at tight end. Collins is great on both sides of the ball. Deers, Sutton, I mean, we're naming, uh, there's only eight guys on the field. We're naming a lot of them. Waco is the most complete team to me. For Sigourney Kyoto, they're big in the trenches. Uh, that makes that running game so good, and Cade Mullinex is a home run hitter. He can do it both. He can be the workhorse. He can be a home run hitter. They're one-dimensional a little bit more than Waco just because of that spinner back offense, but they're so good and adept at making big plays when they need to, and they've been tested also. Two top 10 wins for Sigourney Kyoto. really the one top 10 win for Waco this year. I think they both at least get to the quarterfinals this year, and I would not be a bit surprised to see them both up at the Unidome. Well, that's outstanding. Well, we've been talking with Zach Eulen from uh, KCII Radio. He's given us some great insight. Uh, I wish my program was more than 30 minutes. Uh, I'll give you a minute to wrap things up. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me again. You can find us at kciiradio.com online, AM 1380, FM 102.5, 106.1 KCII. We've got the Football Friday preview show each week, 6 until 7 o'clock. Myself and Cole Cook have that uh, 9 o'clock on Saturdays, KCII Radio Coaches Corner. Football right now this time of year, PM Sports page at 6 and 10 on Wednesday nights, 1 o'clock on Thursday afternoons. That's volleyball and cross country. And real quick, Want to give a shout out to the Mid Prairie Golden Hawk Girls cross country team going for their fifth straight state championship this year. They uh, just won the River Valley Conference meet last night uh, by uh, nearly a perfect score. They were two points off a perfect score from a conference championship. Well, that's outstanding. We've been talking again with Zach Ewing, KCII Football Friday preview show. Uh, you got to catch that, guys. And uh, your, your analysis was outstanding, terrific. I know my viewers are going to be super happy to, to hear this interview. Uh, hopefully, we can, can we get get back on the show again sometime? Yeah, um, I'll, uh, I'll join you whenever. Well, Absolutely. thanks a lot. Uh, this is another episode. Remember, Smithburg Auto, uh, Fairfield, Iowa, two locations. Uh, serve you better. All your maintenance, all your fuel, all your new car needs. Uh, this has been our coverage, your round guy, the podcast coverage of Southeast Iowa high school football. Thank you very much. Welcome back to round guy. The podcast is Smithburg, Ottawa, Fairfield, Iowa, two locations serving you better is presents Southeast Iowa high school football with Scotty Melvin. How you doing, Scotty? Hey, all right. What's up, everybody? I've already got my excited voice going, and I don't know if I can tone it down this week. Me either. Anyway, wow. We're getting right down to it, aren't we? Yeah, it's uh, it's crunch time now. So, uh, Sigourney Kyoto, or no, no, Waco's already finished, right? Yeah, they, they started in week zero, so they've got their eight games in. They have gone undefeated. They've clinched uh, their district. They are guaranteed a home game next week um, in Wayland for the playoffs. So, uh, and then all the smaller schools finished this week, right? Like the Sigourneys and the Cardinals and the Mid-Prairies. Yes, A player through 2A only play an eight-game regular season. And then 32 teams from those classes in each class will qualify for the playoffs, whereas 3A through 5A, they'll play the normal nine-game season, and only 16 teams from each of those classes will qualify. So we'll have another week with those, and then the playoffs will yeah. start. So That's so, correct. Uh, 
Man, I'm going to miss talking to you about football when this is all over, Scott. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe we'll have to uh, pay a little attention to basketball when that gets going. Uh, or well, wrestling. I'm not I'm not well-versed on that sport, but I'm sure somebody else is. I wanted to uh, recognize uh, that, you know, I always focus and read off the names of the, the cities in Iowa all the time, but we have a pretty big following in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So if you're listening from Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, Scott and I really appreciate you. I know that there are people out there that are listening to the high school football report from there and other things that we've got on there. But uh, I really want to give a shout out to Wisconsin because uh, we grew quite a bit there. Uh, they now have as many listeners in uh, as we do in Minnesota. And they've always been there from the very beginning. Those two states have been there and, and Illinois. Uh, but uh, anyway, kudos to those guys. Let's uh, let's get into some football. How about the offensive and defensive players, Scott? What do you got? Man, I got to go with uh, two offensive players. I'm going to do co-offensive players of the week uh, this week. Two kids that had huge games and, and games that they needed to win and their teams did win. And uh, number one, I'm going with Caden Amagon. I've talked about him a lot this year for Columbus. They had a big win last week. They're still alive for a playoff spot. Caden had 24 carries for 237 yards and four touchdowns and a big win. Um, and then Jake Gustafson, who I guess has been hurt for uh, two or three weeks for Wapolo. Wapolo, I believe, has either clinched a spot in the playoffs or very likely will this week. But in his return from injury, this kid had 222 yards rushing on 14 carries, five touchdowns. He also caught five passes for 54 yards. So he had a big night, and I think uh, if he can stay healthy, that Wapolo's got uh, a lot of success in front of him as we get into the postseason. Well, I'm, I'm, that's, that does sound worthy. So uh, what do you got for defense? I'm going to go with uh, our resurgent New London, uh, the Tigers. They had that two-game skid. They, they had that brilliant performance against Waco uh, a few weeks ago and then followed that up with a real, uh, you know, just an off night apparently and uh, gave up 68 points. And then here they come back last week and uh, play Lone Tree, who I think has a pretty potent offense. And they held them to, what, six points um, and just yeah. blew them off the field. So I'm going with New London. I think they're back on track and a team that uh, I wouldn't want to face right now. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on uh, on New London really writing the ship this week. They uh, they they may become the most dangerous low seed in the playoffs. I agree. Uh, you know, with their uh, win-loss record, if they get in, um, man, I don't want to be a one seed playing those guys. No, I'd hate to have to play them in the first round, you know, no matter who Ter I was. Terrible draw. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, I'm going to go with Colton Clarahan from the uh, Sigourney Kyoto. Uh He didn't Maybe he didn't – he never seems to have great stats, you know. But he's 7-0, and you know, and they run a lot. But he's a very talented, and he kicks, and he plays defense, and, you know. So uh, Colton Clarehan's my offensive guy. And uh, I'm going to go with mid-prairie on the defense. Uh, they did wind up giving up a few points last week, but that was all late in the second half. He was 33 to nothing in the first half in a game that Mid Prairie had to win, and their defense came up big. And uh, I'm with the Screaming Eagles this week. So yeah, they're they're heading in the right direction uh, at the right time. I agree with that. And then and to your point about uh, Sigourney Kyoto's quarterback, and I can't remember off the top of my head his numbers from the other night, but I was this close to picking him until I kept digging and, and saw what these uh, two running backs did for the teams that you know, Wapolo and Columbus that are surging also at the right time. And uh, so that's that's why I went that direction. So uh, good good pick on your end there. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, okay, you ready to play beat the round guy? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so uh, number 19, Fort Madison. I don't know if you have some different numbers on them. They're playing what I believe is number one, North Scott. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Radio Iowa poll. This week, that was the first one that I saw that came out, and I kind of like them and uh, the Des Moines Register. So uh, Fort Madison got knocked out of the top 10, you know, with that loss to uh, Iowa City Liberty last week. North Scott's still sitting at number one in 4A. 
in every poll. I don't care if it's a newspaper, the Iowa radio poll or whatever. So uh, I'm going with the, the easy money here. I'm going with North Scott. I think they will handle Fort Madison. Yeah, I think Fort Madison, uh, they're a really solid team, but I don't think they're a top 10 team in the state. And I don't think they have much of a shot here. Yeah, I agree. Okay, now this next game is a pretty interesting game. And it's uh, Burlington at uh, Iowa City Liberty. We got yeah, this we had game a, is intriguing. Yeah, we had a, we had a chance to. Uh, what'd you say? I said this game's really intriguing. Yeah, well, we got a chance to talk to uh, Iowa City Liberty's coach James Harris today, and uh, we asked him about how he's going to stop this big brute of a, a running back that Burlington has, and he seems to have a game plan for it, but. It's going to be a heck of a game, and, uh, you know, his team needs to win out, and it's a, like a playoff game for them. Where, what is it? What does this game mean to Burlington? Both of these teams, uh, you know, by virtue of Burlington losing to North Scott, which was not unexpected. I mean, I, I expect North Scott to run the table. They're my pick to win 4A again this year, uh, or win a state championship this year in 4A. Burlington – has a strong case for making the playoffs, but, but uh, they're in the, the really hard part of their schedule now. And as we kind of suspected, Liberty is not anything like what their record would make them appear. And they're a tough out. So, and they've played a lot of quality opponents this year. Um, they're prepped for these big games. They've got something to play for because they're still alive in the district. Um, it's going to be tough sledding for Burlington and, and Burlington still got Fort Madison looming after this game. So these are three teams that are fighting for their lives. Their playoffs started a week ago. Uh, so this game's really important. And like James said, sometimes simple isn't easy. Yeah, he did say I, that. Yeah. I mean, he, he made a great point there, but um, I think the main thing they got to do is stop that running attack. Um, they don't, they don't have to keep, Williams from racking up yards, but they got to do what North Scott did and keep him out of the end zone. It sounds simple, but simple's not easy. I think they can do it. I'm going to go with uh, Liberty. I, I after last week, what they did with Fort Madison, I'm, I'm just not comfortable picking against them right now. Okay. So uh, Burlington's Max Prep has them at number uh, 24. Uh, they're five and two. Liberty's two and five. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. And I, I think that's a, a almost a coin flip, but we'll we will see. I mean, literally, there's just one question: Can they stop the run? Period. If they can, yeah. they might be able to win. They can't, they won't. So yeah, it's that simple. Now here's another kind of a tough uh, uh, game here: Cedar Rapids, Washington, four and three. Max Prep rates at number twenty, playing Oskaloosa. Who is uh, four and three, and I think they're twenty-seven. What do you? Uh, that one's kind of that one's kind of a toss-up, and I don't know anything about uh, the Cedar Rapid teams other than the the big one that's ranked number one in five A. Uh, it is at Oskaloosa. Okay, um, boy, this is a coin toss for me. I think Prairie, if I remember right, I've, I've seen them pop up in all of my. Uh, reading throughout the season. I, I think they've got a pretty good squad. I think I'm going to pick them. Um, Cedar Rapids, Washington? Yeah, I just – oh, it's Washington, not not Prairie. Um, yes. I'm going to pick them just because Oski's been sliding a bit, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to prove me wrong if they can get that thing turned around here late in the season. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, unless they've had some injuries or something, uh, some kind of a switch turned off on Oskaloosa, and – but I'd like to see him win it, you know what I mean, and, and get going straight. I'm going to be rooting for him. Yeah, it's uh, when, when it comes to our area teams, even when I pick against them, uh, now, those, are, those are the times I hope I'm wrong. Here is a very interesting game. Mount Pleasant, 1-5, at Clinton, 1-5. What are your thoughts here? Well, this is, this is a game that reminds me of some of the ones we've seen around here lately, like when Atumwa matched up with uh, Cedar Rapids-Jefferson. You've got two teams – that are coming out and playing every week and doing their best, fighting hard. Um, they're obviously undermanned compared to most of the competition they've gone up against. And so who, who is going to get it together for a game that is winnable? Because this is a winnable game for both these teams. And um, 
I don't know a ton about either one other than they've had a tough year, each of them. Um, I think Mount Pleasant is just in such a rebuild this year, and uh, it's it's it pains me to pick against them, but I'm going to pick Clinton in this one. Uh, I just think they have a little more than Mount Pleasant right now. Well, one of these two teams is going to get a win. I guess that's going to be what's good about that. Uh, okay, here's a another very tough pick. Number 29, Washington, 2-5, and five, at Fairfield, who's number 28, and 5-2. and two. Well, the records would have you believe, you know, this is an easy easy pick. You know, uh, Fairfield uh, having a great season, especially compared to last year. Washington kind of on the opposite end. They, uh, after going undefeated last year, losing some games this year. But they've, they've shown that they can play with quality teams, and they've had a tough schedule. Uh, Fairfield has had, man, we, we talked about it. One of the easier schedules, the, the games, they, the five games they've won, there's not a lot of victories amongst those teams that they beat. Yeah. They beat teams uh, like Mount Pleasant. And, uh, yeah. You know, and, uh, so I'm hesitant to believe in their record being, you know, really legitimate compared to some of the other, other teams around here that have, you know, similar record or whatever. So I'm going to go with the Demons in this one. I think Washington is going to win out. I think uh, all those tough games that they've taken their lumps in are going to pay off. Um, I think they've got a strong defense. I think their offense is getting a little better every week. And uh, I'm going to pick the Demons over Fairfield. Fairfield. I think Washington's really determined to win their last few three games. They said that that seems to be what they're all about. So I, I, it's a pretty good mission. All right, now here's my boys, the Screaming Eagles, the uh, Mid Prairie, rated number 17 in the state. They're playing number 30, Davis County. Both teams are four and three. Tell me about this game. On paper, this looks like an even match. Um, and, you know, I've said this before, you don't want to always get in the, involved in the trap of uh, picking winners based on um, common opponents and the scores in those games. But I really, truly believe at this point in the season, Mid Prairie is on the same level of, as Williamsburg. Um, and I believe that last week's game against Williamsburg, Davis County proved they're not on that level. They're definitely so not. I think uh, Mid Prairie, I think the Golden Hawks are going to beat the Mustangs this week. You know, Davis County is a good team. I mean, I, they I, they've had a good season. They've played good games. They, they, they have good fundamentals. They just don't seem to have size and power. And uh, I think Mid Prairie is, uh, I think Mid Prairie is going to come out on top of that one too. Now, here's a, uh, I've given me a lot of hard ones. Here's a pretty easy one, but I still wanted to, to uh, get this on there. But uh, Sigourney and Van Buren, or Van Buren at Sigourney. Sigourney, I got number eight as the uh, max prep. They're seven and zero. Oh. What do you, what do you, what do you know about their rating? Uh, Sigourney in the uh, I've seen him ranked as high as fourth uh, and maybe even third in, a, in a, one of the newspapers this week. Um, Radio Iowa poll that I've got sitting in front of me has him ranked fifth. I'm inclined to believe they're better than than that, and um, you know they're one of two teams from this area that I believe have a real strong shot at getting to the dome. Obviously Van Buren. Uh, I'm happy they've won a couple of games, but they're not anywhere close to Sigourney's level. This is going to be a running clock, no doubt. Uh, for Sigourney, they will win this one. But, um, yeah, I I think Sigourney's uh, better than the fifth ranking that I've got sitting here in front of me, and I, I really think they'll make a strong run towards the Dome again this year. Okay, number 21, uh, Cardinals had a couple tough losses back-to-back against some high-level competition, both Sigourney Kyoto and uh, Pella Christian, who really does seem like a good team. Uh, they're playing Pleasantville, who's uh, three and four, kind of, in the middle there, what do you what what are your thoughts on this game? It's at Pleasantville. Okay, well, you know we uh, we're high on Cardinal, and I think uh, they've earned that respect. Um, yes, they're not on the the Sigourney Kyoto level or even the Pella Christian level yet, but they're they're trending in the right direction. There's a lot to play for for them. Um, they're in Class One A, so they need to win out, and they'll be in the playoffs. Um, 
and they might already be guaranteed a spot as, as far as how that works out. But I think that they are going to put it together this week. They've got a, a very winnable game. I think they will uh, probably be a little bit upset about how the last couple of weeks have gone. I think they'll really hang one on Pleasantville. I would not be surprised to see a running clock in this one. I'm going with Cardinals. Wow, that's a, that's some that's some in-depth analysis there. All right, uh, here's the last game that we're going to have on the picks. We're going to go over some other games. But uh, Winfield Mount Union, rated number 30 by Max Prep, 4-2 and two on the season. At number 18, English Valley, who is five and 5-1. Talk to me. Man, this is a huge game. Um, and I've read a couple sources. I, I'm not sure how all this playoff stuff works out other than just the basics. I don't get too deep into the RPI and all that stuff. I do know an eight-player, the top three teams in each district advance to the playoffs, and then there are still two spots left for at-large teams. Uh, from what I've been reading, the winner of this game is in. Yeah, the other I... one, um, their fate hangs in the balance and likely is out. So this this game means everything to these two teams. And I've seen Winfield in person. I haven't seen English Valleys in person, but they're obviously very good. Um, I, I hate to do it. I, I feel like the smart money is to say English Valleys wins this one. English Valleys has beaten New London, and um, they probably gave Waco, outside of New London, gave Waco their toughest game which honestly was not close. Um, Winfield has, you know, they're a great team. They have the ability to, to win this game for sure. But I, I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bears over the Wolves. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, I'm really in love with this Winfield team. They've got some great players. And, of course, Cam Buffington is just, you know, who knows how many years it'll be before we see a kid like him again. But I think they're a year away from being a front runner in this district. I think next year's their year certainly in a couple of years, um, but not this year. So I'm going with English Valleys. Well, next time you fuel up for gas, you better not do it in Winfield. Yeah, I'm probably going to stay out of there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we talked a little bit about New London. New London and Wapolo are definitely teams that our listeners are following. Uh, I didn't put them on this list because they didn't really have matchups. I didn't see this. It looked like both of them. We're headed for running clock games, and they were going to win. But uh, yeah, I don't have a. Do you have any information on those games? Or well, New London's playing at HLV. I'm not sure they've even won a game. Um, yeah. This one's. If it's not a running clock, I'll be shocked. Uh, Wapolo plays North Cedar. Um, I believe North Cedar's won a, a game or two, but they're. Well, not I thought they were one in five. You know, I. I don't want to overlook them, but. Uh, Wapolo looks like they're going to roll in this game, don't they? Yeah, I think they're good with uh, their stud running back out. Um, and now he's back, and if he's, you know, 100% going into this game and on into the playoffs, they're set up real well. Um, another game I want to talk about is Columbus versus Albernet. Columbus is still alive in that Class A district uh, for a playoff spot, and the Albernet game's not going to be a gimme. Um, it could go either way. It's kind of a coin flip from the looks of it, but I, I sure hope Columbus pulls it out. I'd like to see that program get uh, get back to respectable again. Okay, let's. We got a few minutes. Let's talk playoff picture. What what what's what's going on with that? Well, like I said, I I dug into it a bit, just the fundamentals of how it's set up. It's a lot different than it used to be since uh, the state of Iowa added that five uh, A class from the really big city schools, and. Uh, I used to have a real good handle on how all this stuff worked, and, and it's uh, it's pretty complex now. Not so much with the teams that are shoe-ins, but with any of the classes that have at-large, the RPI factors in. And the RPI is basically a formula that takes into account your record, your opponent's records, things like that. And, strength and of schedule. And... What's that? I said strength of schedule. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. And it's really cool, um, but I didn't dig into it deep enough to be able to sit here and say who's got uh, what kind of chance to get in. I, I do know that there's a lot of teams that are still very much alive that earlier in the season looked like they had no shot. And uh, so there's so many big games this Friday. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to, to follow the games on Twitter and the radio and, and see how this all plays out. So of course, have... the bigger schools have uh, you know one more week yet. I'm going to mention some teams. Uh, those teams are Pella, Washington, Iowa City, Liberty, uh, teams like that that uh, lost a lot of non-conference games early. 
and then turned around and got in the conference season and just started winning. So uh, is it is the your record in the conference the most important? Yes, it is. And that's one thing I've, I've always appreciated about Iowa. You know, I've been here, I don't know, over 20 years now, 25. I grew up in Illinois. Illinois has got more of an archaic uh, conference uh, set up, and, and it's very muddy going into the postseason, who's, who's in, who's out, and all those kinds of things. And uh, this district thing lets teams schedule, you know, uh, really tough opponents early in the season, lose those games, but still have the shot as they get into district play to win their district or finish in second place or even third and fourth in some of the smaller schools and still get into the postseason. And I think, I think it's great. Um, I like the way Iowa does this. So yeah, kudos to the teams like Williamsburg that, you know, just line up brutal opponents to start out with and yeah, they lose them, but uh, here they go rolling into the district and on into the playoffs. Well, what I, I was, I, I was talking to round guy about, he was talking about how things are finishing up here. And I said, you know, it looks like to me, what's important isn't a team's record, but it's, the competition that they played. These teams that have played all the really good teams are really, really strong down this, this, uh, down the end, you know, here at the end of the season. Yeah, I think, um, I agree with that. And, and what, what happens is, so you get into the playoffs and you may have some teams in there that don't have a real glamorous record. You know, they've only maybe won one more game than they've lost yet. They are still a tough out for anybody. There's no, uh, there's no watered down playoff system going on here. There's no gimme games. And I think it's great. It's exciting. It's, uh, it's good for the kids that, you know, put in all this work all season long and, and, um, you know, it's, it's just the right way to do it. Well, this is a wrap up week for everyone, uh, two A and under. So, uh, appreciate all you guys for listening. We're going to have some really great coverage of the playoffs and we're going to do something called round guys recruits where we uh, talk to experts in the field that have really looked at the field. And we're going to just pick uh, teams that we think colleges should look at, you know, based on their performances and what we've seen, you know, some of the Southeast Iowa, you know, letter signers of intent for colleges. Uh, Appreciate you, Scotty. Another really good, another really good episode. You got anything else to close it out with? Uh, nope. I think we covered everything pretty good. Just good luck to all of our area teams Friday night. Um, you know, these are uh, great memories and uh, enjoy it and uh, work hard. And hopefully you get to play some extra games after the regular season concludes. Well, you guys that are listening, I want you to know we're really working hard to get you the best interviews we can. Like we mentioned earlier, there's a post up uh, James Harris, former Washington Demons coach in his first year at Iowa City Liberty. He's got some really good uh, insight on, you know, last week's win and then this Burlington game, if you want to get in on that. Tomorrow, I've got Zach Ewing from KCII. He's going to come in and play beat the round guy. Last week, we had Cole Cook, and that was it couldn't have been a better interview. So uh, that's what we're doing for you. The more you guys listen, the harder Scotty and I work. That's for sure. You got anything to say to our listeners? Just good luck Friday. Um, stay healthy, and we'll see uh, hopefully some extra games out of you. Now we'll be talking to Scotty sometime Saturday morning uh, and update you on the scores. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. Welcome back to the Round Guy, the podcast. I'm here with the Round Guy, and we're it's a Hawk and Cyclone talk show. How are we doing, Steve? So far, so good, but it's early. So I was no good over there. I'm just I'm I'm all kinds of feeling good today. So talk talk to me about Hawks' big win last week. What a game that was! On the edge of your seat the entire time. Uh, it was uh, uh, Iowa rated third, Penn State rated fourth, and and you knew it was going to be close, and it sure was. Could have gone either way, I think. And it was uh, I think the key was when Penn State's starting quarterback uh, had to leave the game with an injury. You know, the kid that replaced him uh, settled down eventually, but in, initially, you know, he was, uh, it looked like he was pretty shook up and, and uh, not like he was thinking he'd going to see any action in the game, and yet there he was. So, uh, 
Iowa's defense played well. Uh, Penn State's defense wasn't bad. But, but uh, gosh, it could have gone either way. You know, uh, you're going to give the game ball uh, to the player that had the most impact uh, on that game. I say you give it to the fans. Iowa fans, I talked to some people uh, that were at the game, and a buddy of mine told me he said he'd been there a lot of times, and that was the loudest he'd ever heard Kinnick Stadium. And I really think that you uh, you have to take that into account. Uh, Penn State, I think three times in a row, penalized for false starts because the uh, quarterback couldn't couldn't get the uh, verbiage out. He you know they couldn't hear him. The center and, couldn't and, hear the quarterback. Uh, I think it really helped Iowa. Close game. I I sure hope they they can do that the rest of the way out. So I, I would give the game ball to the punter myself. Well, that you have every right to do so. Yeah, I mean, you I give just give it to the punter, and 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 I I don't know that I can completely disagree with you. Well, he put Penn State uh, deep into their uh, their own territory several times. He reminded and, me. And uh, the special teams kids were able to uh, put the ball down, you know, like uh, really deep into their own uh, yardage there. So I I guess. I can't argue completely with you there. That's not a bad observation. You reminded me of Reggie Roby. The late, great Reggie Roby. What a great player he was, wasn't he? Oh, he was uh, not just at Iowa, but uh, several teams in the NFL. Had a great career. Unfortunately, passed far too soon. Uh, it was just too bad we had to lose him back when, when we did. All right. So uh the Hawks have uh I believe Purdue this this week. What do you what's the what's the scuttlebutt on that? Well, here's what I'm fearful of. All right. They're 6 and 0 now and ranked 2nd in the country. Now that ranking is kind of good news, bad news. And it's good news because uh people are becoming more familiar with the program. It helps for recruiting, and it uh, uh, gives the school some visibility that, uh, you know, incoming freshmen, that you know, they may choose uh, a school like that after they've checked them out. And, uh, but that stems from, you know, that higher ranking. Now, the downside of that is that every team they place, uh, they play rather, the rest of the way out, is going to be that much more hungry to knock them off. And so you're going to find teams that just really step it up and, and gain more uh, passion because they want to be able to say they knocked Iowa out of their uh, second place ranking. And, and uh, folks that are real familiar with Iowa. And I think this probably happens to probably uh, most colleges, if not all of them. You look over the schedule and you pick out the games you're confident your team is going to win. And while that usually happens, you know, there's always, Iowa has traditionally been uh, able to beat a, a lot of teams, but you can look back and see where Iowa has lost some games to teams they should have beat. And They've also turned that around, and, and they've probably at times beaten teams they weren't expecting to beat. So that can happen to any team on any given Saturday, and it's uh, hopeful that, that Iowa can avoid that the rest of the way out. I think, what have they got, five, six games left? So uh, I wouldn't think they'd have any trouble uh, beating Purdue, uh, especially there in Iowa City, but but uh, as we've seen, Iowa will sometimes lose to teams that they should beat. And then they've uh, won games against uh, teams, you know, that, that they weren't favored to win. Okay. So it's a flip of the coin, I think. I just... Uh, uh, anxious to see the game and anxious uh, that Iowa can prevail and, and win the rest of the games, or at least most of them, and end up going to a real good uh, bowl game. What do you think? 
Well, they're going to a bowl game. There's no question about that. They are. I think they're an elite team, and I think their defense is uh, just probably the best Iowa's ever had. Well, that's, you know, I, I don't know that I would say that, but I, I certainly feel like they're close to being the best uh, defensive team, you know. Uh, but what do you think about what I said as far as sometimes they lose games they should win? and win games that, that they weren't favored. Yeah, I don't think that'll be this week, but I agree with you. Um, I just generally agree with you all the time. Well, that's probably a good way to do it, Dave. Hey, here's another element to last week's game, and that was it seemed like, and, and even the announcers kind of alluded to this and uh, uh, kind of poked fun at it, but it seemed like when Iowa's offense – would have a big gain. Uh, Penn, so th- there was an injury to a Penn State player, so the officials would have to call a timeout, and 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 Penn State's training uh, uh, team would have to run out onto the field and help, you know, one of their uh, defensive players that uh, that was injured. So, and it it appeared like that was happening in an effort to uh, slow up Iowa's momentum. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Did Iowa get five interceptions in that game? Uh, I think, I think Iowa had four and, and uh, Penn state might've had one. Yeah. There were a lot of uh, interceptions, but, but I'm, I'm suggesting that Penn state was trying to pull a fast one on, Iowa's offense by by somebody getting hurt out there. Did you notice that? I did notice. Uh, uh, I did notice that, and uh, I agree with you. Even I saw once where Kirk Ferris was talking to one of the officials uh, about that, or it appeared that they were talking about that, and and Ferris had a, a kind of a smirk on his face, like you know he knew what they were doing. Uh, but it didn't really matter to him. In fact, I, you know, I would be of the uh, uh, thought that, you know, that probably helped Iowa out. You know, I mean, it was Iowa didn't have to take a time out when that was happening, and it gave everybody a chance to kind of regroup and and to uh, catch their breath a little bit. So, I, if that was in fact. Penn State's effort to uh, stop the momentum, I don't think it worked at all. Well, here's the last question on the Hawkeyes game. Uh, how big of a win was that in the pantheon of Hawkeye wins? Well, I think it's got to be, you know, uh, for me, top 10. I, you know, of all, I, I'm always leery of saying, you know, of all time type of thing. Uh, but I, I certainly rank it up there uh, in the top 10. Okay. I mean, let's face it, it was uh, uh, Iowa ranked number three and Penn State ranked number four, you know, so. It don't get uh, much better than that. What's that? It doesn't get much better than that. Well, and what was it, 85 when Iowa beat uh, Michigan? Well, Iowa was ranked number one, Michigan was ranked number two, and, yeah. and uh, Rob Houtland came through with that field goal there with, you know, just a couple of seconds left. That was, uh, you know, I kind of look at that maybe. Maybe that one's the, uh, you know, the number one. I'd put that at number one. i put this one at number two. But uh, Yeah, yeah, I, I can't argue with you on that. Okay, so let's skip over and talk about the Cyclones. They're coming off of a bye. They had kind of an up-and-down season, but it looked like uh, in the game against Iowa State, they really right the ship. Uh, they're on their road at Kansas State. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, when they beat Kansas, you know, that was one of those games where, and in names, they were expected to win, all right? So Kansas State's going to be a lot tougher than Kansas. I don't know much about them other than I know they're they're better than Kansas. Uh, I think a lot of that all comes down to Brock Purdy and, and what kind of a game he has. You know, he's, he's played uh, – quarterback like you know like he's an all-american 
and and uh, just looked really good. And we've seen him this this season uh, look where he he you know he wasn't uh, as productive as we would want him to be. So I think it all comes down to uh, Brock Purdy, and if he has a good game, I look for Iowa State to win. If he has a great game, which he's capable of, then then I think Iowa State uh, beats him uh, and beats him handily. So, but I, you know, that's Iowa State team currently. You know, they're kind of in the uh, formula that I mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast, and that is, Iowa State has has won some games they weren't expected to win. And they've lost some games where, you know, you you would have thought they would have come out on top. So, uh, you know, anything can happen. But but uh, I'm sure hoping Iowa State uh, wins. And I I said this before, when all the major colleges in Iowa do well, I'm, I'm really pleased by that. So, if Iowa State, Iowa, you and I. And and uh, Drake win, and we're all just happy as can be here in the Hawkeye State. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right, and nothing makes me happier when all the Iowa teams win. I'm and, with uh, you. Uh, so uh, I want to tell you, uh, the podcast had the best week ever. More Holy than cow. more than doubled our highest uh, uh, ratings for the week for the whole week. Uh, had some really good uh, high-rated shows. Uh, and we're uh, approaching 400 listeners, and uh, we're just gaining little towns all around. People internationally are starting to listen. We got listeners in Poland, in Brazil, in Australia, and uh, all about that for diversity, right? And we, we tripled our this listenership is a year in year of diversity, and we are accomplishing that. We tripled our listeners in Germany. <laughs> Yavul. Yeah, Yavul, Yavukival. Uh, so uh, I'm every, tickled to hear you say that. Everything's going Our great. Friends in Poland and uh, Germany. Thanks for listening. And Brazil, you're you're big and in Brazil. Brazil. So uh, uh, I want to thank everybody. I've started a new new trend. I'm calling our listeners Pilch's people. Pilch's people. Yeah, you like that? I love it. Like it? I love it. All right. So uh, this has been another episode. Anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Thanks for everybody uh, that listens. Okay. Uh, this is a We're hot... all going to go out for milk and cookies. Hot talk. Might hot and cyclone to, talk. Uh, accommodate our fans in Brazil, but we'll make it work. <laughs> milk and cookies to everybody. Uh, there you go. Hawk and cyclone talk. Uh, we're out. Thanks for listening.